You're listening to Soundwise Podcast, a show hosted by Alex in Serbia and Vlada in Poland. Each week we cover a different artist or band and engage in open, spontaneous debates and discussions about specific parts of their discographies. Our goal is to expand their musical horizons and cover a great range of genres and styles. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwisepod and on social media at soundwisepod. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Soundrise Podcast. Today I think we're doing a very special episode, because today we're going to talk about the bands from our part of the world, from former Yugoslavia and Serbia. So Alex, are you excited about this episode? I'm super excited to be honest. I think this is a unique episode and a, a unique chance to kind of explore some of the finest pop and rock and also punk records from from, from the former Yugoslavia. So I'm really, really excited, Vlada, and looking forward to chatting about, uh, a, about three absolutely legendary records, Vlada. Yes, and, and we decided to give you a certain overview of Yugoslav rock. Of course, it's very difficult to cram the history, the rich history of Yugoslav rock into just three records. But we decided to focus on our favorites, uh, my favorites, that is. I was the one who chose these records I'm new for this to episode. This. Yeah, I'm new to this because I belong to the generation that listens to Turbo Folk, unfortunately. Exactly, and if you want to know what Turbo Folk is, maybe it's smarter not to Google it, okay? But nevertheless... <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about two bands that were founded back in the 70s, uh, U-Grupa, who are still active and have recently celebrated 50 years of work. So many people call them the Serbian or the Yugoslav Rolling Stones for that reason. And we're going to talk about their debut record, another group of their peers that we're going to talk about, a group that I'm particularly excited about, is called Pop Machina, and this is a band that I think might blow you out of the water. But we'll get to that, we'll get to that. So these two groups, I think, are probably among the most important 70s groups in former Yugoslavia, alongside acts such as Time and Korni Grupa, who unfortunately we couldn't include. Uh, maybe we'll have another episode where we will talk about these respective bands, uh, and we are going to talk about a new wave act that was formed in 1980 and released only one and a half record, sort of. Uh, this band is called Charlo Acrobata. Charlo Acrobata was, by the way, uh, a name that was used for Charlie Chaplin uh, back in, the, I think, back when those films were new. And in Yugoslavia, they called him Charlo Krobata instead of Charlie Chaplin. So that's an interesting piece of trivia. So, uh, where to begin? Let's, uh, let's talk about U-Grupa first, because I think their record here is the oldest, if I'm not mistaken, from 1973. And also the name U-Grupa, Yugoslav band, you know, the ultimate Yugoslav band. Uh, as I said... These guys were formed in 1970s. However, they were active even back in the 60s. They were in a very well-known band called Gentlemany that primarily covered 
60s British invasion stuff, but also had some stuff of their own. So out of this group, uh, U Grupa came to the scene, founded by two brothers, Jelic, Draghi and Rika Jelic. And they decided at one point to try to do their own stuff, to write their own original singing Serbo-Croatian language, which was known uh, by that name at the time. Nowadays, this language has four different names, but let's not get into that. So uh, we're talking about their debut record. So I want to ask Alexander first. Alexander, what did you think about this record? I think this is something that everyone, every rock fan from the Balkans should talk about. Whenever, you know, a foreigner asks you, hey, what's the kind of rock that you guys listen to? Can you recommend a rock album from the Balkans? Yes, I can. And that should be your answer. And you should point out this album. This album is great in many ways. First of all, I think... Um, I have to mention, even though I don't think that's the main strength of this album, but uh, one of their biggest hits, uh, Trudna Shuma, is featured on this album. And nowadays, you know, these guys, after 50 plus years of, of playing, they still play this song and it's very, very popular. But the rest of the album is really, really good. I have to praise... The guitar, the the guitar work here, but also the rest of the the rest of the band just cooks. It absolutely cooks, and it can definitely remind you of some of the big, um, some of the world's biggest uh, rock bands. So these guys know what they were doing. They were really good at soloing, really good at creating the atmosphere. A great psychedelic touch here. So. Uh, the sound is kind of diverse, which which is never a, a bad thing in my opinion. But it's let's say that it's centered around psychedelic rock, hard rock, and maybe a bit of progressive rock. So a great fusion. Uh, I think um, an important p an, an important record uh, for every for every fan of rock music and. Um, as you guys know, we have had some guests on our show before, and one of our guests, uh, Chris Ekman, is really into collecting records from all over the world. He, he really likes, you know, exploring different music. So if we have some true music geeks listening to this episode right now, and if you guys want to kind of be alternative and explore uh, bands from let's say, unknown places, I think this is definitely a record that you should pick up. So, Vlada, what were your thoughts? I know that this is not your first time of listening, but uh, let me hear your your impressions. All right, so I have to say one thing, that uh, given the longevity of, of U Grupa, uh, a lot of people kind of dismiss them because they change their sound over time, and a lot of it sounds a bit, let's say, kind of slick and polished. So people are quite surprised when they actually hear this debut record, which I feel is completely different. And what I especially admire about this is how raw it sounds. So this is a power trio uh, on this, this first record, and it sounds so powerful, and yet it seems like they do not heavily rely on any special effects or any gimmicks. It's all very raw very uh, visceral, 
especially um, the first couple of tracks, Trka uh, Noche Moja, in translation it would be The Race and uh, The Night is Mine. Those two tracks I think are probably my highlights, even though there are other very well-known tracks later on the record. But Trka uh, opens up with a very interesting guitar, guitar riff. Uh, kind of sounds almost futuristic and very... Uh, Dragi Jelic as a guitar player has a very gentle touch. And that's what I really love about this. Like He can rock out, but he also has this sort of sensibility where he plays these beautiful melodic lines. And this is exactly how the record opens. And it sounds bit of futuristic and it has that sort of sound that I feel can only be identified with their country of origin that is Serbia and Yugoslavia. It has something unique to it, right? Uh, would you say that too, Alex? Yes, it has that touch of uh, authenticity, but it's still pretty reminiscent of that time, of the rock music of that time, right, Mara? Yes, exactly. And the guitar workout on that track really blows me away. And then it segues into the second track, which I feel is, in my opinion, an absolute highlight when it comes to Yugoslav rock music. This is, I don't know, this is just on another level. The Night is Mine, Noche Moja. The song is kind of like Black Sabbath, but it still has a certain sound of its own. You know, you, ha- you get that Sabbath vibe all over the place, but then I feel like if this was actually recorded by Black Sabbath, it, it would have been one of their greatest songs for sure. And I, I, I hope that I don't sound like I'm exaggerating, but I just haven't heard a lot of rock songs, a lot of hard rock songs with that kind of intensity. And what I love about it, it has this uh, very intricate uh, opening riff and then throughout the song um, uh, Jelic plays variations on this riff and there's a lot of jamming uh, and it just blows me away it just keeps getting more and more intense as you go along w- what did you think about this pearl of a song? I don't think that that you're exaggerating anything here I think this is a marvel, a monster track um, uh, you know Guys, if you're into Black Sabbath, you should listen to this track and this album, of course, but this particular track, I think, will at least remind you of of, of Black Sabbath. But Vlada, I focused on another thing when it comes to this song. Do you remember that that thunderous bass solo? Oh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, uh, somewhere in the middle, the band just slows things down, and then you get to hear this really awesome bass solo. It sounds so live, and I, that's what I really love about 70s and 60s bands, that they were willing to jam on the record, and you can really, you can really feel their energy. You can almost imagine yourself being at their gig, and... Uh, and I don't know, this just leaves me speechless. And what I find really odd, in my opinion, this is their best song. But what I find really odd is that they never play it anymore. Uh, I couldn't find any recordings of this song, any videos, anything following this debut record. So that's that's a crying shame. So if anyone 
who knows you Grupa is listening to this or if the guys themselves are listening to this, please let them know that they should include this song, especially now when it's their 50th anniversary. Once this whole COVID thing ends, I hope that they will have their 50th anniversary concert and I, I honestly hope that they will they will uh, dig out this excellent tune. And uh, I don't know, if you're a Sabbath fan or a hard rock fan in general, you owe yourself to give this one a listen. Uh, we will, of course, um, link these songs in, in, uh, on, our, on our Facebook page and you will be able to uh, watch or listen to respective YouTube or uh, Spotify uh, recordings. So, yeah. Alex, uh, what else can I add? I don't want to be too hung up on, on a single song. The rest of I want to uh, ask you about the, the hit, Trudna Shuma. What do, you think of, what do you think of that song? Okay, so this is a bit weird because that's one of those songs that's kind of overplayed in Serbia. Uh, so I kind of started approaching it from a different, from a different perspective while listening to this record. Because I, I didn't really care much about it in the past before I, I was well acquainted with you Grupa's uh, output. But now I really appreciate it. I think it's an excellent song. And what I like about it is the text which shows a certain childlike innocence that the band had at that time. And I think that's also one of their great assets. That, uh, that kind of quirky almost childlike nature of certain songs. And you find that in some other songs as well. Čovek i Marsovac, for example, The Man and the Martian. And um, I, I love the energy. Of course, it's a typical rock and roll song, but it has a very interesting melody to that. So it's not, uh, it doesn't sound in any way generic. Uh, so yeah, I think it's also a great song, but perhaps not on the level as Noche Moya. And I don't know, uh, the rest of the record is great as well, but they kind of take things down a notch near the end. It's mostly ballads. And speaking of ballads, there's a ballad here that's also considered a classic of Yugoslav rock, the Black Butterfly or Tsrni Leptir. So, Alexander, what about this one? I don't exactly remember that particular song. That's one of the songs that... Are kind of vague in my mind. Can you, you can remember, you kind of remind that, me? That's so overplayed. Like everybody knows this song. What are you talking about? When it comes to overplayed songs, I think Chudna Shuma is the absolute winner here. Suddenly left you. Oh, I probably remember, but at this point, uh, just just parts of it. I don't know. Well, it's it's a relatively simple and straightforward ballad, but. It has that kind of poignancy that really appeals to people, uh, especially the story where uh, it's about black butterflies flying to the lamppost, attracted by the light, and then getting burned. You know, a nice symbolism there. So uh, a really great song, somewhat overplayed in the Balkans, but if if you approach it with fresh ears and if you've never heard this band, of course... This might appeal to you a lot, and I think you might really enjoy the atmosphere of the song. Now, of course, uh, our dear listeners may not be uh, Serbo-Croatian speakers, so I think that they can still enjoy this record, regardless of the fact that they may not be able to follow the lyrics, because 
there's so many cool riffs here, so many great guitar licks, so much energy. Uh, so what, what do you think about that? Is this something that people who don't understand Serbian can properly enjoy? 100% agree. And even if you make uh, an effort to translate the lyrics, I don't think that you would be disappointed. So um, definitely worth listening. And the music here is it's 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 top notch it's it's really relevant in in the rock world and maybe uh, the language does it a disservice but you know uh, not every not all people on the world can can speak english and make uh, good music in english but and, that doesn't and, matter and, and, right know, but it's it's really great that these bands sang in serbo croatian because there were a couple of attempts by certain Yugoslav bands back in the 70s to record albums in English, and they didn't really work out well, mainly because the singers had trouble singing in English at that time, and it just sounds awkward overall. So this is, I feel, much more authentic, and no reason why you should skip it just because of the language barrier. So highly recommend it. Uh, uh, we can't praise this album enough. I think it's not a perfect record, from, far from it. It shows that it's a debut record, but these guys had amazing chops. I mean, they still do, and we are so happy that we can talk about them and uh, knowing that they're still active and that they have just released a box set including all their records on the CD. So maybe look out for that if you're into collecting CDs or records. That might be an awesome pickup for you. Okay, so Alex, shall we continue to the ratings? Yes, Florida. But first, before we go to our ratings, guys, please take a moment to listen to our sponsored advertisement. Brown Dog Promos is a champ in the promotional products industry, having shipped all over the world since 1989. For over 30 years, Brown Dog Promos has supplied custom printed promotional items like mugs, pens, calendars, embroidered or screen printed clothing, and anything else you could possibly need to companies and groups of all sizes. They also pride themselves on working with nonprofits to raise funds and recognize key donors and volunteers. For commercial clients, Brown Dog Promos offers invaluable advertising and marketing guidance based on their three Three decades in the business. Whether you're looking to promote your company, nonprofit organization, or any variety of branding and marketing, Brown Dog Promos can make it happen. For all of your custom printed sportswear, decals, labels, and corporate gifts, be sure to check out Brown Dog Promos by following them on Instagram under their handle Brown Dog Promos, liking their page at facebook.com slash brown dog promos, or visiting their website browndogpromos.com. Trust the top dogs, Tony and Matthew, to help you make your branding outstanding. Okay, Vlada, so back to the ratings. So what are you saying? So uh, I, I think I'll give this one an eight. Uh, I think it could have been higher if they had uh, continued the same style as Noche Moya. I feel like that's a missed opportunity there that... Um, I don't know, maybe they didn't really have any other songs like that. Maybe they wanted to go in a different direction. Nevertheless, it's still a very good record, uh, if not excellent, you know, uh, especially considering it has all these legendary tracks. So um, definitely an eight from me, even though if, if I looked at some individual songs like uh, Noche Moya or Trka, 
I, I would give those songs 9, 9.5. These are, I think, amazing tracks. And I feel if they had been recorded by an American or an English group at that time, they would have been much more well-known. So, yeah, that's, that's my final verdict for this. And, of course, my highlight is Noche Moya, The Night is Mine. What about you, Alex? What do you say? The same highlight song, Vada, and my rating is somewhere between 8 and 8.5. Um, and the reason why I would give it more than 8 is because I was amazed by some of the songs here. Uh, like Deweko Mala Podigni Glavu and Noche Moya, obviously. So, okay, I'll give it 8.5. Uh, I won't really... Um, I don't know. I won't regret this. I think this is a very, very good record. So guys, do not hesitate to pick this up and just enjoy it. All right. So yeah, maybe 8.5 is yeah. Maybe I, I shouldn't shouldn't be so stingy. I'll, I'll correct my rating to 8.5 as well. Now that I think about it, because I'm pretty sure we gave eight to inferior records than this. Okay, is totally, that fair? Totally is that allowed? Alexander, can I fix my rating? Yes, just like you did with The Cure last time. <laughs> is this highly irregular? I wonder. I don't know. Listeners, please let us know. Is Are our ratings all messed up? Is our scale in any way realistic? Please let us know. Okay, I know that some of our episodes have some ridiculous ratings and... No, Honestly, no, no, I don't I, think that way. I think they're fine. You know, man, Mumford & Sons, Narls Barkley, Chic. Let's not continue the list. I only regret giving six to one of Mumford & Sons records. That's all. Because that's too high for them. That's my only regret. I don't know about you. Uh, it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. So let's move on to the next record. Um... Vlada, I think you made a great intro for this record. You kind of um, you kind of excited us with the intro. So can you uh, share a bit more info and also your impressions about this this next album? So yeah, this band they were peers of you group, but they even shared the drummer at one point. The drummer that you listened to on the first record by you group is the same drummer that originally played for Pop Machina. Uh, but this record also came out in uh, 1973 or 1974, let me check. Yeah, I think it's 1973, and I feel that this is kind of a step forward compared to Ugrupa in a way, and not by a large margin, because Ugrupa is excellent, but this to me sounds so original and and, and so unconventional for what was expected of rock bands in Yugoslavia at the time. Uh, it's so controversial even uh, in, in the sense of what was uh, valued in that kind of society. That's my impression. Of course, I may, be, I, I, may, I may be completely wrong. Maybe some older folks can um, th throw some lights on that. But uh, this is a, a real tour de force, a record it just uh, just hits you very hard and doesn't let up from the get-go. And it's called kiselina, which means acid. So as you may already guess, this, uh, the record is about an acid trip 
which uh, was a very controversial topic at that time. So the band originally could not release the record with its intended uh, sequence of songs because they were too scared that somebody might be on to them, that somebody might figure it out. And mind you, all these record companies at the time were state-owned because this was a socialist country. So all the record companies were state-owned and they had this fear and they kind of self-censored themselves. So they did not release the record with the right order of songs. And the original cover was replaced by a more conventional photo of the three band members. However, the version that Alex and I listened to is a reconstructed version. So eventually, uh, one of the band's members, Robert Nemetrick, decided to restore the album to its full glory. And that happened, I think, around 15 or 10 years ago. And now we have the chance to listen to this record as it was originally intended, with the right sequence of the songs and with the original cover art, which looks very trippy. Uh, so, Alexander, what, what do you think about the overall psychedelic feel of this record? Does it, is it clear that it's about a drug trip? Yes, I loved it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. The musicianship was wicked. The atmosphere was trippy and um, really enjoyable and energetic. And the whole album just needs to be listened from start to finish because I think uh, every track here deserves a listen. And um, did, did you did you spot the 2000 issue of the album cover on Wikipedia, Vlada? Uh, no, I'm afraid not. Uh, what are you exactly talking you should, about? You, you should take a look, you know, on on the album's Wikipedia page, English mm -hmm. Wikipedia, you can see a, 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 um, you can see a reissue of the album art, artwork. And it's, it's a train that is constructed of music instruments, Vlada. But mind you, that's not the original intended artwork. The one that I know, yeah, the, the one that uh, is supposed to be there is the one where they're in all these psychedelic colors, and it says Kiselina underneath. That's the the original one that they were too afraid to release at the time. So, that's yeah, a, I, I saw that, that the train one's one cool, too. definitely. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, the train one is is really really, um, it's smart and it's really fun. Wouldn't wouldn't you agree? Yes, for sure. And uh, but let's let's get down to the songs. So, Alexander, what are your highlights here? Oh, so many songs. I I, I honestly think, as I said, every song is a highlight here. But uh, if I had to choose some some highlights, um, I think first of all, "Pesma Srećne Noći." I think that's a really good song. Also. Um, uh, Povratak Zvezdama was, was a really good atmospheric uh, track and yeah, those are my two highlights but the rest of the songs are equally good, I would say Yes, and, and you know the, I love how there's a seamless hole you know, the record starts with a song called I'm Searching for the Way or I'm Searching for the Path Trajim Put and uh, this song is as I understood um, from certain readings that I, I did, 
is about uh, a guy trying to score an LSD trip and being scared that he might get a fake, uh, a fake drug or uh, a drug that's not potent enough. Uh, so it starts from there and then it segues further into, uh, into Acid, Kiselina, the second track, which already really feels trippy. So at that point you know, okay, so this is him on LSD, right? And what I love about this sequence, as you go along, uh, there are all these crazy guitar workouts, very Hendry-esque, just like Jimi Hendrix. And the drums and the bass are not your conventional drums and bass that you would expect from a typical, I don't know, 70s hard rock act. It's kind of all over the place. It's almost like a controlled chaos. Did you get that feeling that this band was amazing at controlling the chaos that they would produce with their instruments. It sounds like the music has many layers and you're enjoying every bit of it, even though you sometimes struggle to catch all the moments, right? Uh, yes, exactly. And you know what the most amazing thing is? That while there are all these, uh, let's say, stoner parts with heavy guitars and uh, this thunderous bass and thunderous drums. Uh, there are also a lot of parts where they tone it down and sound very psychedelic and atmospheric, almost like uh, Pink Floyd circa 1970, 1971. I, I really get that feel from some of the tracks, uh, like I think uh, The End or Cry. Uh, for example, that song also has... Uh, a guitar loop, something that the Beatles and the Birds used to do where they would reverse the guitars. So they use that effect too. And in a sense, the record sounds very 1960s-like, you know, like as if it was recorded in 1969 rather than 1973, which I think is not a bad thing. You may say, oh, it was already outdated at that time, but the truth is this kind of music is timeless, so it really doesn't matter which year it was recorded in. It's legendary. Yes, and and, uh, and then the absolute, well, maybe, I don't know if this is the absolute highlight because there are so many great songs, but okay, I'll, I'll single out two songs. Uh, on the Road to Chaos, Nadrumuza House, and Siayu Ochima. Those two songs, uh, especially like... Uh, uh, on the road to house, it's so intense. It's almost like the band is about to explode. And um, and then Siayu Ochima is like the culmination of the whole record. And following this track, I think the record kind of uh, tones it down a bit. But uh, it, it means like the glow in your eyes, the shine of your eyes. And of course, it sounds very much like um, an homage to, to taking uh, acid, to, um, to uh, experience an, a narcotic trip together. I don't know, that's my interpretation of, of that song. And the, the vocals are, are so ecstatic. You know, it's like you feel like the whole band is, is consumed by ecstasy. And that's something that I find to be extremely rare, especially in Yugoslav rock. What do you say about that, Alexander? Yes, this was really unique, and honestly, 
I don't think that I've ever heard many bands that sound like this. Maybe that's due to some sort of shortage in my catalog. Uh, but this was truly, truly authentic, Vlada, especially in the Yugoslav context. Uh, that's that's for sure. I mean, uh, I feel, of course, uh, if you're into 60s rock, if you're into Jimi Hendrix, if you're into uh, acid rock or... Uh, you know, stuff like Blue Cheer, maybe. But I don't know, it's hard to reference other artists. Maybe Hendrix is the most uh, the most recognizable influence here, but I feel that everything else is very much a unique sound of this band and that it cannot be uh, replaced with anything else. And that's why I find it so special. Uh, and I love the, the, the end of the record... It's very cosmic-like, you know, with the Return to the Stars is the name of one of the tracks. With a very poignant melody, it feels almost like you're floating in space. And there's It kind weird... of slowed things down towards the end of the album, yeah, right? Yeah, which I think is deliberate, of course, because it's like a trip, right? There's a high, and then after the absolute high, which I feel is Siayu uh, Ochima then they take it down right like just like in real life after after you experience that culmination after taking a drug you start going down right and this is exactly what they do on the record as well um you know there's like a certain kind of passion bursting from every single guitar note and and the vocals can be so ecstatic at times and then you have all these Weird sounds like bird sounds, kind of Pink Floydish. Uh, yeah, I mean, what else can be said about this? This is just mind-blowingly good, and it's a crying shame that this band only recorded two two studio records and one live record, and all of them are highly recommended. You can find all of their stuff compiled together. Um, there's a certain anthology that was released a few years ago, so you may want to look. Look that up. Uh, you can easily find this music, of course, on I think Deezer and Spotify. Uh, and it's awesome that they re-released the entire catalog of this band and that uh, Kiselina was released as it was originally intended. Unfortunately, a lot of old uh, Yugoslav rock music has not been re-released. And you can only find very inferior uh, recordings on uh, YouTube. You know, people... Uh, recording their vinyl and stuff like that, uh, which is a crying shame. So I honestly hope that more of the old records will be re-released, much like Pop Machina's whole output was put out there for everyone to enjoy. Uh, so, Alexander, yeah. let's, let's go to our final comments here. What do you have to say for the end of this review? I think this was a great lesson. Definitely going back to this, keeping it in my virtual catalog. So, just just really good. I mean, we we described everything here, and I think we were quite spot on. So, for that reason, I think this record deserves a nine from me, a nine out of ten. And the highlight track here is hmm. Let me give it a look. I think Povratak Zvezdama, or in English, Return to the Stars. 
All right, I'll also give it a nine. I think uh, it, this record should be an absolute classic among all those who love psychedelic psych rock, who love the kind of edgy hard rock but psychedelic sound at the same time. Um, no reason why you shouldn't at least give it a listen. You can easily find this record on YouTube, on Spotify, on Deezer. Uh, if you love it enough, you can pick up the reissue. Um, the language barrier is not that much of a problem, even though I, I guess you might miss out on some of the psychedelic lyrics, but I think the energy is so palpable that it doesn't really matter, and you can sense what it is about just by listening to it, you know. It's so uh, trippy, it's so out there, it's so groovy, uh, to use a hippie adjective, because this record kind of deserves it. So, a very unique piece of music, and a very unconventional for the context in which it was made. I think if you listen to U Grupa, for example, you see that they kind of uh, they sound kind of conventional by comparison. You know, with all their great uh, music ideas, they didn't really have that kind of craziness that Pop Machina possessed. U Grupa just, I think they just didn't want to take that many risks compared to Pop Machina, right? Yes, and I think that's why they were also much more popular eventually. Uh, but I don't know. We, we weren't there. Maybe they just did the music that they wanted to do and that's it, you know? Like, we cannot interpret these uh, things so easily from this perspective and with our hindsight. Like, the, the most important thing is that these two bands are absolutely legendary, in my opinion. And uh, Grupa, for example, I think deserves much more respect. And a lot of Yugoslav rock fans kind of look down on them now because their music is not what it used to be, and they may not even realize what, how great their music was at one point. So, uh, And Pop Machina has also been somewhat overlooked. I feel very often when people speak about old Yugoslav rock, they omit Pop Machina. And I think the main reason for it was that this band was not the kind of band that wanted to pander to the general taste. And for that reason, uh, they're all better for it, you know. Um, because it's it just something timeless that I feel has a global reach and I hope that this music reaches more people Would you like to go back to your ratings and picking a, a favorite track? track? Yeah, okay, so 9 as I said, and my favorite track is Siayu Ochima The Glow in Your Eyes Alright, so now we're moving a bit forward in time and we want to talk about New Wave. And New Wave in the Yugoslav society was such a big deal. These bands were really challenging conventions, much like Pop Machina did before them, albeit in a completely different way. Uh, these bands were out there to challenge the status quo, to make people think, to make people question their uh, Philistine ways, to put it that way. And out of... All these greatest bands, greatest bands, out of all these great bands, one band in particular stood out for me. Uh, it's Charlotte Krobata. And unfortunately, they only made one record and they made another one together with two other very well known new wave acts, uh, Electric Niorgasm 
And uh, who was the third one? Idoli, yes. And Idoli. So, uh, Alexander, how did you feel about this record? This is not your usual rock record. This is something else, I feel, right? Yeah, and I felt really good. <laughs> um, yeah, this this was a this was a different listen. This was a different experience, but it doesn't take any way from it. You know, this was enjoyable to listen. It's so crazy. It's so spontaneous. It reminds me of the fall. Um, in some in some parts, I'm just really glad that Yugoslavia had such a rich new wave scene, which was revolutionary in a way. It had those lyrics and those messages that were uh, that weren't easy to decipher, but you could still get the point, and you loved it. You loved that way of communicating with the public, and uh, also I have to say maybe this is not a proper comparison but um, this album reminded me a bit of the Minutemen Vlada oh I was just about to say that you just stole it from me and it's absolutely a proper comparison I think these bands are kind of peers and it's absolutely mind-blowing how two bands in completely different countries in completely different parts of the world kind of developed a very similar sound that i feel was quite unique to those two bands, you know. I mean, uh, it's very, very reminiscent of the Minutemen uh, for all the good reasons. Of course, it's kind of different still. I feel like uh, this is not just a rock record. This is almost like some kind of artistic statement. The record is all over the place. It might even feel a tad pretentious at first, but it's also wild and imaginative. Uh, very powerful and heavy at times, especially the drums and the guitar is kind of uh, just like the Minutemen. It doesn't really have distortion, but it's it just cuts like a knife through the sound. And there's this very rhythmic uh, drums and bass in, in the background, uh, almost jazzy in a way. Uh, sometimes they sound like a bizarre version of the Police because they have those elements that the police had, you know, flirting with reggae, that kind of stuff. But then it's much more dissonant. It's much more chaotic, deliberately chaotic. And I, I kind of love that about it. Uh, I think it's very challenging. It's, it's, it, it makes fun of the Philistine society. In the lyrics as well, uh, they, they are filled with these sardonic statements, very sarcastic very provocative. I can only imagine how um, the politicians at the time might have felt about it if they even understood any of it. Because originally this band was supposed to be released by uh, the label in Belgrade, the state label in Belgrade. But the thing was that they didn't really understand this record. They didn't know what to make of it. So they just gave up on it and it was picked up by the Zagreb label in Croatia. So it was released by Yugoton in Croatia. And it only sold 10,000 copies. But nowadays it's considered one of the greatest classics of the Yugoslav New Wave. What a shame, man. What well, a shame. But this kind of record cannot be sold at a greater uh, number initially because it's too artistic. It's too uh, 
commercially inaccessible. This is not accessible music by any measure, but it's super exciting and it's super weird. Uh, it's, it's weird in a very unique way, let's put it that way. There's a certain yeah, in a very intelligent way. Yes, there's a certain atmosphere of tension throughout the record, and there's a certain generational outcry. You almost feel like these guys are stomping over everything that came before them. For example, all these guys were influenced by the bands that we mentioned, U Grupa and Pop Machina, but none of this is reminiscent of that music. It's like building a completely new world, you know? Uh, and, and that's what, what I find most exciting about it. Just looking at the track listing and, you know, every track, every track is a highlight here. Every track offers something. And I just love that sense of humor, especially in in, in the last track here. Um, it was, yeah, Pazite Nadetsu, uh, Take Care of the Children. You know, do, do you remember the lyrics they, of that song? They actually cited a book by a famous, I think, 19th century or early 20th century, I'm not sure, a famous writer, Vasa Pelagic. They just took his book and they cited stuff from that book. And actually, that book has the same name as the record. Bistri uh, Litupli Čovek Biva Kad, which means uh, brighter or uh, more stupid a man uh, is when, right? So, um, I mean, uh, that's the thing. They, they would take something old and they would incorporate it in a way where it can be understood on different levels, like something sarcastic or a commentary on the current state in the society. Uh, and that's how I understood this record as uh, an outcry against you know, this kind of con conventional society where everything had to be done in a certain way, uh, I feel that's their rebellion. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, this band kind of imploded too quickly, and th their members went on to have two very successful bands, Ekaven Disciplina Kichme, and these are also bands that are worth checking out. In some people's opinions, these might be even better bands in some ways. But I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think this is so unique that even their uh, later day work is not up to par. Um, but unfortunately, the drummer uh, passed away. He was one of the first people in Yugoslavia to contract uh, HIV. And he passed away back in the 80s. That whole generation had a very tragic story because they were trying to change the world and then they had to witness the collapse of this great and beautiful country and that collapsed in such a horrendous way thanks to nationalists. But that's a whole different story which is not for this podcast. So, Alexander, let's get to our highlights here. What do you say? What's your favorite track and what's your rating? Ooh. That's really tough, Lara. This is, I think, the toughest part of this episode. Okay, um, the rating is not tough, I think. This is a solid 9, 9 out of 10. Uh, a, a fantastic album, just something that I would always recommend to anyone, to, to any outsider and to anyone from the Balkans. I think this, this album, as you said, is 
not that uh, popular, unfortunately. I mean, I'm still um, shocked by that information, but you know, it's 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 up to us fans to um, keep this going and you know promote it. And it, way. Was, it was reissued so by uh, Croatia Records or what used to be known as Yugoton, so you can easily pick it up on CD. I think. I think you can even uh, order it from their website, Croatia Records. And I think it's an absolute must. That and another record called Pocket Arrangement, which was done by Charlotte Krobat, Electric Nirgazam, Andy Dolly. So it's a record featuring three bands. So if if you're really into this kind of crazy, uh, quirky, new wave stuff, you know, bands like Per EB or bands like The Minutemen, you may really appreciate this, right? Absolutely, Vlada. Okay, I, I have found. I have finally found my favorite track. It's the last track that I mentioned earlier uh, during the episode. So it's Pazitena Detsu Dva. And back to you now, Vlada. And my favorite track here would be, I think it's very hard to decide. I kind of feel like this whole record should be listened to at once, you know. Uh, without Spot skipping on. anything. So, but I would say Samo Ponekad was an excellent track, or Oh, Oh, Oh. Um, I don't know. Let's say Samo Ponekad. Only sometimes. It encapsulates what this band is all about, because it's about uh, this person who always wants to do the right thing, but sometimes he lets go of it, right? Sometimes he dares to challenge himself or herself. So I think that that's spot on. That's exactly what they were trying to point out in the society, how people are too conventional, trying too hard to blend in, never taking risks. And this whole record is a major risk. So as such, it, it really should be listened to as a document of a certain movement, of a certain mindset. And uh, it really shows the wealth of the Yugoslav culture at the time. I think th there was much going on at the time. And um, unfortunately, nowadays, if we look at all the f uh, former Yugoslav republics, I feel like even though there are some admirable artists, I feel like nobody has that kind of level of originality or that kind of level of, um, you know, just... Uh, challenging the status quo, not uh, giving in to I the I think most pressure. bands nowadays just agree to sound mediocre or to please... Uh, no, I mean, there's still, let, let's not be that way. You know, there's still a lot of talented artists, but unfortunately nowadays it's much more difficult to succeed or to be seen or heard. Even bands like Charlotte Krobat at that time had a nice venue where they could be heard and seen. They were even featured in films. You know, and nowadays, if you have a good alternative band in, say, Serbia and Croatia, uh, they really have to work hard to reach their audience. So I don't think it's comparable. But you have great bands now, too. Let's, um, let's not get into that, though. Yeah, okay, Vlada, I think uh, you owe us your rating for this magnificent album. Oh, yeah, my rating is 8.5, I think. It would have been higher, perhaps, but I just feel that, um, I don't know, I, I, I miss that one big song that, for example, they had 
Nico Kaoya, another song on Pocket Anjuman, which was the record that I uh, previously mentioned. And I feel they don't have such a strong song here, so maybe that's the reason why I would say 8.5. But it's still worth listening to, of course, and that's an excellent rating. All right, Vlada, fair enough. So what would be your final verdict on this type of music? And as a huge music fan from the, Balkan, from the Balkans, uh, what, would you, what would you say? Uh, so I, I, think that, I think that this is something that uh, should be canon uh, with fans of New Wave. This record should be canon, much like so many other records by the Talking Heads or by Per Ibi or by uh, the Police or I don't know, all these bands are canon. This should be canon too. So pick it up, take a listen. Uh, for example, this band even got to open for Gang of Four during their very short career. So that's something else to be mentioned. And if you like Gang of Four, you will love these guys too. Okay, Vlada, great. So, guys, um, thanks a lot for listening to this chat. I hope that this episode was educational, interesting, and insightful, and that you are now more acquainted with uh, the music from the Balkans, uh, old music from the Balkans, in a way, let's say. But before we sign off, we just want to remind you guys to check out our sponsor, Brown Dark Promo. So we've got two great guys, two absolute professionals, Tony and Matthew. If you need, if you need any decals, mugs, t-shirts, calendars, you can go and check them out on their website, browndarkpromos.com or their social media, Brown Dark Promos and at Brown Dark Promos. Right, Mara? Right, these guys are awesome. If you if you have a company, for example, or any business, and you need to have, uh, you know, printed pens or mugs or anything like that, these guys will do it for you. Of course, U.S. based, so please check them out. If you have a business, these are the guys for you. Uh, awesome, awesome sponsors. We're so fortunate to have such great sponsors, and we are more than glad to talk about their products as well. Shout out to all to all of our listeners on New England Radio, and shout out to our friend David, who is also uh, our U.S. Uh, partner. So thanks a lot, guys. And okay, Vlada, any final words for this episode? Well, all I have to say now, I think that we pretty much covered everything we could, even though we could talk about this for hours. Um, all I have to say is that we're going to link these records under our posts uh, on social networks. So if you're interested in this music, please give these bands a listen. Uh, you will be amazed, I think. Uh, and you may find your new favorite band even. Strong words there. Okay. So guys, thanks a lot for uh, tuning in, listening to us, supporting us giving us feedback. Uh, we always appreciate any kind of feedback, whether we said something ridiculous, whether we were spot on, whatever you like, just send us an email, post a comment or whatever you like. You can follow us on social media at Pod, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
And if you would like to support our show, you can join our Patreon community for just as little as $1 per month. You know, that would mean a lot to us and that would help our project grow. So check that out and till the next time, see you soon. Write a review and then you can share it with the world in any social media platform. And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day, Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and Castbox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day, which is on the eighth of every month of every year of every century of every you get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives, and you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Pod Rev Day. Because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Pod Rev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y.